Welcome to Third Eye Science. I'm your host, Susan Bontoon, and on this podcast, we will be exploring the lines between science and spirituality. As a scientist and a yogi, I've found that these two realms do not have to be mutually exclusive. With the perspective of a logical scientist, I've navigated my own spiritual journey with a curious, open mind. I'll share lessons and tools I've found along the way and have compelling conversations with spiritual leaders, teachers, yogis, healers, and fellow travelers about their experiences and practices. In this age of information and misinformation, it's time to interpret and understand the world with your third eye. before we get into the conversation, I want to share a few of my upcoming offerings. In January, my class series is Body Temple. Join us for yoga, meditation, and energy work to come into communion with your sacred human vessel. Each session will give you simple yet potent tools to invite a stronger connection with yourself. These practices will help you stabilize your body temple, inviting greater ease and embodied wisdom. This class is every Thursday evening at 6.30 p.m. Pacific. Soul Tribe Online really is a community, and with a monthly membership, you'll have access to the live classes as well as the recordings through the class archive, so you can practice at any time that works for you. You'll have access to various offerings, including daily morning meditation, kundalini yoga, astrology, and Gene Keys teachings. Soul Tribe Online offers a sliding scale for monthly memberships and the first 10 days are free. So if you'd like to learn more or if you'd like to join us, scroll down and you'll find everything you need in the show notes. This month, I'm also offering a breathwork workshop. Saturday, January 20th at 9 a.m. Pacific, We will come together for cosmic breath. As we enter 2024, an eight year in numerology, we're invited to connect more deeply with our infinity through the pranic body and the breath. In this one hour online breathwork session, we'll allow the patterns and behaviors that are no longer relevant to our growth to surface and using a powerful breathwork practice that will energetically dislodge them from your grasp. The breathwork, which can initiate incredible healing, will be followed by an opportunity to integrate the experience through specific journal prompts. This session will help you create balance within your physical and energetic bodies so that you can set a strong foundation for the year to come. Deepen your connection to your breath and to the cosmos. And you can learn more about the benefits of breath work and you can register at the link in the show notes. Now enjoy the episode. <laughs> 
Hello and welcome to Third Eye Science. Thank you for joining me. I hope you enjoyed last week's episode with Sadev Beer discussing the year. This incredible year we have in front of us. And today I am going to share some wisdoms that I've learned over these last 15 years while Capricorn, while Pluto was in Capricorn. This is, this may sound really esoteric and um, (laughs) advanced astrology, but the reason why it is so significant, Pluto shifting signs is that Pluto, you know, is the furthest away from the sun. So it's a very long revolution. And it moves through the signs much more slowly than, say, you know, Mercury and and Venus. Mercury, we know Mercury goes into retrograde three times a year. And it it just moves really fast because it's the closest. And so we, on Saturday, January 20th, Pluto is moving into Aquarius from Capricorn. And it did this briefly for a few months back in 2023 when Pluto went into retrograde for a little while. So it was like a peek into what is to come. And it is going to be, so there will be a couple of retrogrades or I guess one retrograde this year as well, where it will pass back into Capricorn. But then by the end of the year in November, it's stationing direct in Aquarius for 20 years. (laughs) And the reason why that is, so Pluto is the, the underworld, the transformation, the, the things happening behind the scenes, the um, things you can't see. And the and Aquarius is humanity, the collective, the visionary. So, and we're moving from Capricorn, which is about structures and discipline and um, and grit and work in many ways to this kind of it's like an earth sign to a air sign. And the last time, so when Pluto moved into Capricorn originally, it was 2008. Do you remember what happened in 2008 on a collective level, on a global level? We had the financial markets crashing and, the tumult, the banking industry, it's like, because we're going into the systems and structures, and 
it was a, it was a shit show, (laughs) right? And so we may, as we transition out of that, we may get some reverb from that. We'll see. I'm not making any predictions. And also I, I say this all the time. I'm not an astrologer. This is like my, I love, I'm a, I'm an astro geek, (laughs) but what, what I am getting more expert expertise in is just reading energy and, and reading the vibe of myself and people I'm in direct, you know, relationship with, whether that be in class or healing sessions or relationships. Um, and then also the vibe of the, of the collective humanity and the planet. So the reason why I really wanted to dive into this is because it's a major transition for the sole reason that it, it's a law, it doesn't happen very often. (laughs) So we'll just say that. So in a class that I was in this morning with Paramatma Siri Sadhana, she had us after doing our cre- our yoga meditation, she had us write 11 wisdoms I have learned from this, from Pluto and Capricorn. I'm going to share eight because that's what really felt resonant and it's an eight year. It felt really perfect. So, um, the other thing before I get into it is I will say that this may impact you personally in some way, but it may not. It may be like observing the collective. For me, my, uh, I am an Aquarius ascending Aquarius. So that means that it's, it, it has a deeper resonance for me personally. This does feel like a lot of, I'm in the midst of a transition, but it's like a transition within me. Like anyone looking from the outside is not like, oh, you know, they don't know. They don't know. <laughs> All I can say is, trust me, <laughs> there's a lot of transition going on in, in my inner world and in behind the scenes in my outer world too. So you can look up where does Aquarius fit in your chart? Like what house does it fit in? Where is Pluto? Just, you know, look into your natal chart and and start to get a sense of how, honestly, the way I've learned astrology over the years is listening to a variety of astrologers with different perspectives, and then observing what's happening in my life. (laughs) Like, and then also learning, you know, beginning getting to know a little bit about the astrology of the people in my life and observing their life, you know, and how they're interacting with all of these transits. That is how we, it's like a way of 
getting direct information. So eight wisdoms I've learned from Pluto and Capricorn, basically over these last 15 years. Number one, discipline and structure creates freedom in your daily life. So I'm going to expand on these a little bit, some more than others probably. But where I am going with this is essentially for me, creating, making a commitment. For example, for me, making a commitment to meditate every day, first thing in the morning is like, that may sound really rigid, but what it does is it creates, I, I wake up and I know that the first thing I'm going to do is go meditate. I don't have to like think about how am I going to fit my wellness goals and my meditation into my day. It's just like, it's built in. So I've created this structure that allows me to do that. And you can do that with anything in your life. So I um, I think it's really helpful to do that with movement and exercise and um, maybe even the way you eat and the way, oh, another one that I do every single morning is I drink a big glass of warm water with lemon in it. And it's like, boom, I've got like my first big hit of, of, um, drinking water, you know, of hydration, hydration for the day. It's done. And it's not to say I'm not drinking water throughout the day, but it really, I really notice because sometimes when I travel, it's harder to do that. And I really notice my system doesn't, doesn't love it when I don't do that in the morning. Um, the other place where you can really benefit from creating ritual and routines is around sleep. It's like creating a system where you're getting yourself into bed by a certain time. You're also um, building in some wind down time. That can be really helpful. So yeah, I invite you to explore that in any way that feels right for you. And what are you focusing on this coming year? And setting the stage, as Satyav Beer said last week, this year we're really creating the stable foundation from which we are going to expand and transform in the coming years. And this transition, Pluto into Aquarius, it's going to last for 20 years. So you're setting yourself up for the next 20 years. (laughs) Depending on how old you are, I don't, it doesn't even matter how old you are. 20 years is a long time. (laughs) Okay, number two. Everything you need to thrive is within you. This may sound like one of those 
just cliches that a quote you see on social media. Um, I was, I actually recently revisited some of the star Wars movies (laughs) and I found that even there, they, the Jedi's talk about the force, which is really just life force energy. It's the thing that connects us all. I'm telling you, Jedi's are yogis. Um, They talk about Princess Leia tells Rey in those most recent, in the, the, the last one, the last Jedi, I think it is. Um, you have everything you need as she's like going off to do the last final thing. And it's so true. We're constantly seeking things outside of ourselves to change how we feel, how we look, how we, how we interact, how, how people perceive us. And if you do the inner work, you really go in. It's, it's like none of that stuff matters and it all falls into place for you. It's so powerful. Okay, number three, your sensitivity is a superpower if you listen instead of react. So there are many ways that people think about sensitivity. Sometimes, I I think sometimes people see that as a negative thing, like, oh, she's so sensitive. <laughs> Um, but people who are so sensitive, like when, when people are saying that in a negative way, it's because that person is sensitive and reacting to the world in a way that maybe shows the trauma and the pain and the fear, anxiety, depression, all of that just comes down to fear, fear of not being accepted. We have a deep, ancient desire to be accepted and a part of the community because on an evolutionary level, like you couldn't survive by yourself. So being accepted is is really baked into your DNA. And so when you have... Um, any, any of the, you know, quote unquote negative feelings about yourself and how others perceive you, it has to do with that. It has to do with fear of being alone. And so when you're reacting to someone's, someone saying something, maybe they, they say a joke or whatever. I'm, I'm not saying that it's not okay to be authentic and have a re a response. But the way I see it is that a reaction is, is a, is like unplanned and un, um, 
you haven't integrated whatever happened and you're just, it's like a knee jerk reaction. Whereas if you can listen to what's happening in a situation and an experience, whether that's within you or in the outer world, it is such a superpower because you really tune into what's going on energetically. So we all have different gifts that come more easily in terms of our sensitivity. Some people are really feeling, some people can see, hear, know, and I'm talking about intuitive gifts here. So tuning into that and really allowing that to be a superpower, it's it's really changed my life to embrace that because I was one of those people who spent my whole life being the sensitive one that, uh, you know, and it was, <laughs> that wasn't, that was not, um, used as a positive description. And now I just really embrace it and, um, work with my sensitivity on a, a deeper level that most people can't even don't even know exists, frankly. <laughs> so, so, okay. Number four. The only way to know yourself is, oh, no, let me go back. The only way to be yourself is to know yourself. And the only way to truly know yourself is through listening to your heart. So again, this comes back to listening, sitting quietly, listening to the heart, not the mind. And this is really can be confusing for a lot of people. And I find that a daily meditation practice is step one in getting there. But it's also one thing that uh, Julie Pyatt, Sri Srimati, one of my teachers says, is when she talks about going into the heart, she says, the place where you first feel. And I think that's a really powerful cue for people who have never really gone into the heart in an, in a, direct, intentional way, you know, you can feel it. You know what ha- when something happens and you get this like constriction or pang in your heart when something negative happens, something painful, traumatic, you know, you know exactly what I'm talking about. And you also know when you, when something happens, that's when you have an experience that is, that connects you and opens you and helps you feel the love of another or feel the love from yourself towards another, you know what that feels like. It's this opening within the heart. So really tuning into that and listening from that 
space is how you get to be yourself. Because most people are walking around being someone that they were told to be because they've been conditioned and programmed. And it's not their fault. It's like part of, it's part of how this world works and how we, um, how we are raised, especially in Western society. So the more you can really tune into your heart, listen deeply there, the more you can actually get to know yourself and then literally be yourself. Okay. So to follow up on that, number five, the way to your heart is through slow, quiet contemplation, listening, and honest self-inquiry. So again, we come back to meditation, sitting quietly, listening, And then there's also contemplation of like, well, what's really going on here? You know, when you're navigating your day and you have a reaction, you, you notice maybe you, you've practiced enough that you don't actually react. You just observe the thought in your mind and you can contemplate what's going on there. Where's that coming from? This is what self-inquiry really is. And you can also contemplate yourself in light of, say, you know, um, a variety of different systems like astrology or human design or gene keys, or, you know, there are a myriad of ways that you can look at yourself And that is in addition to sitting quietly with yourself. It's so powerful. And then really being honest with yourself about why you're, you know, what is the motivation behind your actions and your thoughts? Where is it coming from? And this is how you get deeper into the traumas and the programming and conditioning that have created your habits and routines. (laughs) And that's internally and externally. So it can be incredibly powerful to listen, contemplate, and then really be honest with yourself. Okay, number six, you manifest from a neutral space, not from striving or from fear. So there's lots of people out there talking about manifestation, and you cannot create and really bring in the things, the experiences, the situations, physical and emotional and energetic. You cannot do that 
when you're striving and reaching for it and you can't do it out of fear of being afraid of the thing, say of being poor or of being unhealthy, you know, of dying, of whatever it is, you can't manifest your dreams unless you get clear. So this is where we come back to just dumping every morning, having your meditation practice and whatever else goes into that and taking out the garbage. (laughs) It's like you shower in the morning or maybe you shower in the evening, whenever, you know, you brush your teeth every morning. Meditation is like brushing your teeth for your mind and your subconscious and your mental space, emotional space. So when you can become neutral, this is when the magic truly begins. This is when the the miraculous begins to happen in your life because you're not, you're just open. You're, you're in a space and you're not bringing positive or negative necessarily. And I'm not saying that you have to be like this always. It's like, of course we have the positive mind and the negative mind. The negative mind keeps us safe the positive mind helps us go for it, right? Go, go for the, the things we want. And when we can find balance between those two and find that neutrality, this is where the magic really begins. And then from that neutral space, we get the, the guidance of where we need to take the aligned action. It's not striving. It's like doing one step at a time, one step at a time. Okay, I'm just going to do this thing. You may see a long-term goal. You may intuitively know what you're creating, but you come back to that neutral space and you do the thing in front of you. This is how we manifest. Okay, number seven, cultivating silence and neutrality is a superpower that will serve all. So now taking that beyond yourself into the collective. So when we create that space, we shift every space that we're in, when we create a neutral space within us, and then we enter into a collective space. So a workplace or a family or, you know, a friend group or a romantic relationship, we're bringing that neutrality into that interaction, that connection. And it entrains frankly, it helps bring the other people. When you can have a really strong base of neutrality, it helps the other person and people, the group, 
find neutrality within yourself. So again, this isn't about changing anyone. It's about giving them permission, essentially, energetically, to be, to just be. (laughs) Your presence is a gift. Your presence can be a service to all. And that leads me into the final one, number eight. Your presence brings the energy you cultivate to all of your spaces for better or worse. So if you're not, so if you're cultivating frenetic energy, anxiety, depression, fear, if you're cultivating that within you, you bring that into every relationship you have. You bring that into your work, into your romantic relationships, into your friendships, your family. And when you do the work every single day to create a neutral, clear space for yourself, you're bringing that into all spaces. So again, it gives the people around you permission to find that neutrality within themselves. And it is so powerful. It's something that I have really been cultivating in my life. And I definitely notice that people tend to be calmer around me (laughs) than they are around others. And I've definitely had people even, you know, in the workspace and then also in friendships and relationships, I've had people even comment to me, like, you have this calming presence that really helps me just relax, I think, honestly. So the reason I'm sharing all of these things is because I know that all of you are capable of doing this, doing all of these things. And this is, you know, these are observations I've made over this last decade or so as I've really been diving deep into my internal work And I am certainly not perfect at it. And we always, there are these moments where there's like a new, as I mentioned last week, it's like, it feels very new, a new year, a new moon, whatever it is, a transition of Pluto, you know, a two decade transition that we're going, we're just beginning And you can also begin again with every breath and every moment. So there's no beating yourself up over what happened yesterday because you can begin again today. When you commit to doing something like exercise every day or meditate every day and you miss a day, this often leads to people then giving up. But all you have to do is say, okay, not beat yourself up. 
I didn't, I'm starting over, starting over today. You just start, start again. It's not a big deal. So I hope that inspires you to really dig deeper into your own interior life so that you can then serve the collective and to just observe what's going on in your life that's um, creating transition, transformation, which is what Pluto's all about. What's happening for you? And just observe it. It's not, you don't have to analyze or do anything. It's about observing it. And then we can really leverage these energies in our lives. I hope that was helpful. I thank you all so much for joining me as always. Please rate, review, subscribe, follow wherever you get your podcasts. This is how we can really help help the podcast reach more people. I do this for free. So this is one way that you can help is to on the platforms where you listen, you can subscribe, write a review, please. Um, Make sure you rate it and then share it with a friend. Thank you all so much. Love you. Satnam. Namaste.